0: Hi, my name is Dr. Julie Osborne and I'm a doctor of psychology and a licensed clinical social worker specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm here to help you bring the power of CBT into your own life. So in this podcast, which is going to be really interesting to you guys, I am interviewing my friend and colleague, Dr. Victoria Smith, who is a neuropsychologist. So she's going to explain to us what that even means. and for all of us to be able to understand our brains a little more and how CBT can help with some of the mental health struggles that we all go through on a regular basis. So let me first start by introducing Dr. Victoria Smith and let her explain to us what she does and what neuropsychology is.
1: Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me. Um, So neuropsychology is a broad field Um, I'll talk specifically about my background Um, I did my background in assessment primarily and traumatic brain injury Um, so obviously the field is more expansive than that but that's you know what I was trained in excellent yeah and
0: how do you use that today in your practice
1: so I think okay so let me back up a bit too so I have a master's degree in neuropsychology Um, my PhD is in clinical health Uh, but so my master's degree was actually a really unique program Um, we did a lot of research Um, we did EEG's Um, we did a lot of assessment and we did a lot of study a lot of neuroscience neuroanatomy so I think it's what the the neuroscience right now has helped me really apply um, that information that I learned there to be able to better help my clients now who want understanding of how the brain is functioning And how it can actually interfere with healthy functioning, but how it's actually sourced from a very healthy vantage point.
0: Right. I think that's great. That's why I wanted you to talk today, Mm because people are very focused on wanting to understand their brains. Why does my brain think so much? Why can't I control my thoughts? Like, what's going on? And they have all those questions that sometimes we have answers, sometimes we don't, I know. Mm -hmm. But you can explain more about how that brain, you know, is being affected by how we're feeling okay that's the right way to put it
1: yeah I mean that can happen and then also um, we have to understand that we're wired to our brains to behave in a certain way right so sometimes it's not always connected to like what we're thinking but you're absolutely right it's just about feeling you know Um, and I let me kind of back up too and say that um, understanding neuroplasticity is can be helpful that's a piece that I kind of want to talk about the brain is not fixed Right. So sometimes we feel like stuck in a rut, like, oh, things are never going to get better. But actually, the, the brain is very um, changeable. Now, this has been really supported by current like imaging studies. It's kind of it's what we've always kind of known. We've um, analyzed it in animal studies and now on human studies, we can see the brain is actually very um, what they call has a lot of neuroplasticity. So we can actually change our wiring. So I think, you know, one of the things I wanted to stress is kind of to um i want people to feel empowered you know so if they have this information they know that i, I can apply some of these um this information and feel like i can do something to change my circumstances um, one like for example one basic area i like people to understand is chronic stress behaves like um any kind of immediate traumatic stress right so it can build over time and it, what we know from imaging studies is chronic stress actually reduces what we call the connectivity of the brain. Right? These are pathways that deliver neurotransmitters to different parts of the brain. This is very important, right? We want our brain to have maximal access in in pathways, and so that it so that it sort of kind of
0: flows well evenly. Is that right? Yeah. So,
1: like like um, you know, in a very basic way, um, you know, you you want it to have um, as many um, diverse pathways as possible an unhealthy brain has minimal so what we see in chronic stress and imaging studies is people pathways are reduced wow the good news is that when treated the brain can act go back and act in a health. they can build the pathways and act in a healthy manner again mm. to me that's huge huge
0: and exciting exciting right mm-hmm. and that goes back to that hot thought. you guys know what the hot thoughts are thoughts that are not 100 true yes that i'm stuck and now i can really tell you when you're telling me, no, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, mm-hmm. that you actually can change when you're thinking differently and taking care of yourself. Right. Like your brain can heal itself on some level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, and so that's ju- that's just one example, the connectivity thing. Then there's a neurotransmitter issue too, right? We know that stress can reduce certain neurotransmitters, um, and, and things can improve certain neurotransmitters. Um, we'll get into the amygdala, but that area has some sensitivity to it. I think, you know, one of the things too is like... Um, the amygdala is very sensitive and, you know, when we're um, overly stressed, an area called the lateral nucleus um, doesn't function properly to neurotransmitters that it receives. So I think that's just also important too, to like, you know, know that when we do address this, we're addressing it from a connectivity issue, a neurotransmitter issue, a structural issue. So again, you know, we're improving ourselves. When we talk about like ways to target it, we're improving it from um, multi um angles
0: yeah which is makes me think that's why i have dr smith on because you can tell how smart she is <laughs> every time we talk and she tells me stuff i'm like oh 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 um is i would i'm assuming tell me if this is true because we're dressing it from different angles that also gives me hope that it's not just oh i need to get this
1: one thing right to get better correct correct is that correct yes yeah, okay yeah and I think it should make us feel, like I said, empowered, right? Yes. And and, and honestly, as you know, we'll, we'll kind of go through things, but um, sometimes it just takes very little, you know, and, and I only say that because um, there are people who like to exercise and I think that they can see the positive benefit, but that's one of our strongest areas. You know, I think we always hear that and actually um, the research supports that, you, you know, that exercise is so beneficial for the brain.
0: Okay. And how does exercise um Help with the things you're already talking to us about.
1: So when we talk about like that connectivity issue, okay. So when um, it's one way to increase uh, connections, um, it actually when people exercise, they affect basically how serotonin is received by that lateral nucleus, resulting in a calmer amygdala. Yes. Right. So um, and that's really that's very beneficial to us and. I know some people don't want to hear about exercise because they think that they're limited. But just keep in mind, just pick something. I know we're getting a little bit ahead of, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But okay. pick something that you like. Yes. Pick something that's easy to do, like set yourself up for success. Yes. Put it in your calendar. You know, I think we're all at fault of that. We get busy and we think, oh, I'll do it tonight after work. And then after work, we're tired and we say, mm, tomorrow morning. You know, but if we, <laughs> if we allot a slot to that, we're more likely to do it. Or make ourselves accountable by um, connecting with a friend, saying, "Hey, you know, can we do this together?" Like we don't have to be together, but we can just make a commitment to each other great to do that. That's you know, or sign up for something. Like there's all this stuff now on the internet, you know. And lo and behold, people do stay committed, even though they don't know these people they're on the internet when they have to check that little box that day. Most people are going to follow through. Yes.
0: No, oh, those are all great ideas, mm-hmm. and that falls under what I talk about a lot is your self care. Mm -hmm. right yourself so so whatever whenever you give time for self-care you can put exercise in there as well Mm -hmm. and to know also that you know you might not get this quote runner's high but it doesn't mean it's now working on your brain still right right yes
1: absolutely yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so that's good too so don't like, well i didn't feel all this great this or great that it's still working It's still yes it's still working Mm -hmm. kind of like i mean it gives me an idea of like say you're on a diet you know you need to be on it di- you know follow the diet every 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 day until you start seeing the weight come off you're not mm-hmm. going to lose a pound every single day cuz you're eating well right Right. Like it's cumulative it takes consistency mm-hmm. is that fair to say
1: yeah yeah for you to really see the results exactly exactly yeah mm-hmm. okay okay yeah. So um, I guess let me uh, also say like, so um, you asked me to do this talk and I thought I'd focus on anxiety because um, obviously neuroscience is so broad and we could go on forever about different aspects of it. So I thought I'd take one area and um, I like anxiety because obviously <laughs> I don't like anxiety. Loves anxiety. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say, I think it's important, okay? Because in 2020, I think as a clinician, you know, we all saw like a uh, rise in anxiety, and we know what's happened to um, the service of psychology right now. It's, it's, you know, we're all full. (laughs) And, you know, and anxiety obviously is one of the things, anxiety and depression, but anxiety is just so elevated. Um, And, um, and, you know, we don't have time to go into that and the reasons why, but we just know that it's here, right? And so we want to give people tools to deal with it. And um, so I think uh, it's important to understand that there's really two types, to me, anxiety that we can kind of um, talk about. One is what I call cortical anxiety, and the other one is uh, amygdala-driven anxiety. Okay. Okay, so cortical anxiety is uh, the, like the person who wakes up at night and can't shut their brain off and um, maybe goes into obsessive mode, um, is uh, worried about something and, and can't stop thinking about it, that's cortical because you can ask that person what's on your mind what are you thinking and they can tell you right um the other type of anxiety is amygdala anxiety and that's the people who say um you know i was in the middle of the night i sat up in bed and i was having a panic attack mm-hmm. And obviously, they weren't thinking of anything. They were sleeping. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, and you say, what are you thinking about? Uh, Nothing. I was asleep. Right. (laughs) You know, and then you really try to, if you try to press that person, I mean, I've done that. I've been, you know, saying like, okay, let's try to get to the source, maybe subconscious, you know. Yes. But it's really just the amygdala, being overactive, right? And there comes back to that chronic issue I was talking about. It's like you're, you're, you know, holding on to something, even at the subconscious level. And so your amygdala is basically working. Yes. Right, it's housing that energy, if you will. There's another great little uh, example always floating around on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. It's at that professor holding that glass, I think, and he says, You know, how much does this, weigh? does this weigh? And it's very light, obviously. And people are the students are raising their hand, like two ounces, whatever, you know, making their guesses. And he says, Yeah, okay, so but how much would it weigh in an hour? And they're like, Oh, it'd be heavier. How about at the end of the day, your arm would be breaking, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what chronic stress is doing to our brain and our amygdala it's holding on to it you know and and so it's basically overactive so and let me ask let me interrupt you for a second so tell me just a
0: little more so they can understand what is the amygdala
1: good question okay so the amygdala um helps us react to all sorts of potential dangers okay right so it's um it's in our DNA because our ancestors, the ones who survived and gave us this, basically, it's a magnificent, beautiful thing um, because it's very protective and it works in less than a second. I don't know the exact number on the milliseconds, but it it fires away, right? So obviously, um, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing to have. Is it uncomfortable when when we're under conditions of chronic stress and we don't need it? Yes, of course, right? But are we happy to have it when we're you know, avoiding getting hit by a mat truck? Yes, you know. And so that's amygdala um, anxiety right there in action. You know, we're running down a path, and we see a snake, and we don't know if it's dangerous or not, but we we run, we might scream, and, and that's our amygdala. <laughs> you know? Okay. You The cortex is the thing that says, oh, it's probably not dangerous, or it's far away, or it still makes me uncomfortable. I'm getting off this road. That's the cortex, yes. right? And so the cortex is more like it. Um, the cortex is what assigns meaning to something, right? So then that that you you can work on CBT with that, like okay, um, you know, making assumptions and addressing that whole thing. But the amygdala is different, right? The amygdala is not about like making sense. It's just it's just a response. It's our response set to something, Okay. you know. And so. And again, like the amygdala is very protective and also um, it innervates basically uh, you know, head to toe in our body. So from our heart rate, our breathing, our muscle tone, um, blood pressure, bowels. Um, so that's that feeling of, that you get that's very physiological. So you might feel everyone's different, everyone has their way of behaving. Um, but some people might get trembling, some people might get nauseated, right. um, some people have diarrhea, you know, everyone is short of breath, I'm going to pass out, all that, right? So my, this is my question. So if somebody
0: says, okay, I have the, my amygdala seems to be on fire all the time, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't say maybe have the trauma, but I'm a worrier, right? Mm-hmm. So some people are worriers, they're like I was worried, I was a little kid, I was worried, I'm still worried." Mm-hmm. So... If it's That would be more from the cortex, maybe, that I'm a warrior, because I'm giving meaning that this is scary. And it can be both. Yeah. Does that make the amygdala, you know, fire up? And that's why we have, maybe we'd wake up in the middle of the night feeling anxious. Because of the bigger picture is I'm worrying all the time,
1: so that makes my amygdala... Yes. On alert. Yes, it can be both. Okay. So that's a, that's a great question because I'm talking about delineating the two, but actually it can be both. All right. Okay. So, so that's important to know. You have to know, like, learn, okay, what's, where's mine? Like, you could, you know, um, do, take an assessment. Like, okay, am I feeling the very physical stuff? Am I feeling the the, uh, the thought stuff? Or am I both? You know? And yes. then that gear, that allows you, you know, to work with your therapist. Like, what do I want to start targeting first? Or do I want to do something for both of them? Okay. You know.
0: And let's, yeah, so let's, so wherever, we'll keep learning, and then we can learn about what do I do for both of them. Okay. And how the CBT fits in. But I don't want to Okay, keep giving us some good information. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: um, I think the one thing that, like, I like to, to know, and, and is that the, again, the amygdala, I might have already said this, but the amygdala works faster than the cortex. Yes. Right? So I think that's important. Like, to me, that's that was my aha. Okay, don't ever, like, go with that immediate feeling. Mm. Boss puts a stack of papers on your desk and you go, you immediately start maybe trembling. Don't, because you know what? That's just your amygdala. And your cortex hasn't made sense of it yet. I <laughs> love that. That is you know? good. And for me, that, that was like good. my aha. Uh-huh, like, okay, quit, you know. So that would be someone, that would be a reactive person, right? Yes, I absolutely. I feel something and I do. Right. I, so, yes.
0: I talk, you know, with the CBT model, I would say... Most people live off their moods. So most people are living off their amygdala actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they feel something and then they pick a behavior. Yes. Right? Even if it's negative I talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hey, that beer helped calm me down. Yes. Or, you know, sleeping all day. I didn't have to deal with anything, the avoidance, right? So I always say that's why most people don't get better because they're reacting off their moods. Yes. Instead of giving that cortex a minute, which is your thoughts to say, okay, okay, I have all this paper, my boss, but he said, oh, you know, this is for the next, you know, two weeks, so don't worry about it right now. Right, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's making okay. Yeah. It's making and, sense and, to you guys cause it's making sense to me. Yeah,
1: and what you just said about, like, you know, having a beer, and, you know, that's wiring, right? So we're creating right there a habit, you know, because all of a sudden we just got, re- like, let's say we got relaxed. Ah, oh, I'm a, like, you might not think it consciously, but really your body's going to I know what to do next time I'm anxious. You know, I can, I can have a beer, right? So it's wiring and, and, you know, that's part of this is like, we know now that the brain's wiring is changeable. So you can break out of a habit and not have that same stimulus response basically reinforced. Yes. Right. So, um, but it it can be, it can be challenging. It's not always easy. It really depends on the power of the reinforcement, Yes. Right? If you always felt great after having that one beer after work, guess what? It's going to be hard to break that habit. Yes. Because it
0: works for you. Because it works. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So just to reiterate this, because like you said, for your aha moment, I'm having aha moments here, that when we react to something, instead of doing the uh oh, oh no, 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 mm-hmm. right? To say, okay, my medulla's is reacting. Right. But I need to take a minute. Yes. To make sense of what's going on or assess what's going on, you said. Is that yes, the right word? Yes.
1: And it, I, I almost like say it's it's worthy of a pause.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Pause because your amygdala is talking. My amygdala is talking. Yeah. And so your your amygdala basically is in the in the driver's seat. And also another thing I like to think of is and, and neuropsychology talks about this all the time is like anxiety hijacks the frontal lobe and it's really the same thing the amygdala is hijacking the frontal lobe when you cannot like in the headlights right that's the the old hijacking yeah. you know and and people sometimes forget about they say the um autonomic nervous system when i'm talking about the um sympathetic with the when i'm talking about the amygdala um people say oh it's fight or flight okay yes and freeze don't forget about the freeze I think because some people say they don't think they're in that camp they go it's not anxiety because I just freeze it is anxiety yes Um, but the frozen feeling is you know basically that the frontal lobe is shut off at that point and you can't think yours can't think yourself you know out of the box they say you know
0: okay yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense okay excellent
1: yeah, so, um, okay, so you wanted to talk about um, how you use, so Dr. V- Dr. Smith does the
0: CBT as well. Mm-hmm. That's how we met each other, actually, in, the, in this field, is both having that in common. So what are the tools you use with your clients um, to deal with, say, anxiety or depression or whatever, however you want to focus today?
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, when, when we can identify thoughts and we know that it's really um, cortical, anxiety that's driving or with or with depression then we use a um, you know a, a mood record or I mean the thought records mm-hmm. um, and you know and attack it from basically the cognitive the standard cognitive behavioral therapy model um, and
0: to ask I, yourself okay what am I thinking right now
1: what am I telling myself? myself what you know and then you know then we go through the we write all those things down Identify distortions, talk about the way they make us feel, see which things would, you know, um, feel different if we untwist our thinking. That's the standard um, to me, and it's very effective for depression and anxiety, you know. Um, But I think the I guess, um, the piece I think that sometimes, um, at at least for myself, got neglected was the amygdala-based, right? So, and that one's going to be different because we're not going to be talking about, like, what you're thinking. We're going to be talking about how you're feeling, you know what you could do to mitigate some of the your body's knee jerk reactions to things.
0: You and, know, and what are some of the tools for that? Well,
1: before I even let me, I, I'll say that, but I okay. want to do a plug for somebody that has kind of um, I feel like put this neuroscience into um, very understandable terms. Um, Rick Hansen, I took a, a course. I actually am not done, but I took a course, and he's talking about all this neuroplasticity. That's, That's his thing. Okay. And so I, I feel like for somebody who wants to um, wrap their brains around this a little bit more hear more about it um, and he's worth a listen uh, you know he's on YouTube, TED Talks that kind of thing his name is Rick Hansen okay. and I'm not sure what, um, what his programs are labeled I know the one I'm taking is, is like a program in neuroplasticity but, um, okay, but you can just Google you him can just Google him, him and you'll find it and its all it's what I'm talking about and maybe has a different spin on it but he talks about like pausing. Too and yes. um excellent yeah yeah so i just want to put no, out love a plug Henry for refers. him because yeah I, yes. I, and to me like i think that's part of it is um i want people to give them give them some power that they feel like they can do something but it's not always like it might not be this you know that they're listening to but we might link them to something yes. that could be helpful and i always feel like reading as much as you can about something, you know, gives you just more information. Yes. And there might be something that clicks with you, connects with you, and you feel like, oh, you know, I can do this. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Kind of like that knowledge is power. Mm hmm. And when you're reacting instead of freaking out, like, why, why, why am I feeling this way? Like, oh, I, I
1: understand what the amygdala is and what it does. Mm hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah so um one other thing about the mingle i mentioned um chronic stress how it changes it and the other one is lack of sleep those are the big the big two right so um you know if you're getting um it's not just lack of sleep but it's um that continuity right because when we when we sleep we hit different phases um i don't remember all the terms but i know that um some of them uh like delta are the restorative phase if i remember correctly i might be wrong about that but there's a restorative phase of sleep, and we need to have that to feel rested, right? That also repairs our cells, helps our immune system, but it helps our um, amygdala, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when we're sleep-deprived, our amygdala is not working as well. Oh, so, i so glad so, you said that. Right, so yeah. look at that. But that, that's, to me, that's another huge one. Huge, you know? yes. Like if you want to feel healthier and respond to better to stress and anxiety, get some sleep.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one of my podcasts called Get a Good Night's Sleep, mm-hmm. if you guys want to listen to it. But I've learned a long time ago from doctors that even in the animal kingdom, sleep is the most important thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. And when you start getting good sleep, you feel like you can cope better and handle stress better. Yes. Right? And that's because the natal isn't reacting so much. Yes. And so they
1: said, like, if you don't sleep, you're more likely to have a reactive and a more susceptible experience to anxiety. Just because of that connection,
0: oh, just that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear that? Take notes. <laughs> it's so important because I know I'm a nag sometimes, but I'm always talking about sleep and we minimize it. Oh, I got six and a half. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that in enough? That isn't enough. That nice isn't price. enough. And our world is just you know, well, I'll have a little caffeine, I'll get by, I'm busy, but mm-hmm. like you got to find that window. If you need to turn the TV off early or whatever, get off your phone. If it's just sometimes the extra half hour or an hour makes the world a difference, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, yeah. so sleep's super important. Sleep Mm-hmm. Okay. What were some other things you said with the well, amygdala? Well, the exercise. Exercise. Is,
1: is, it really results in a calmer amygdala. That's the bottom line. And do they
0: say, I think a big question is, you know, or I think people set themselves up so they don't succeed. Like, I have to go for an
1: hour every day. It's not an hour. It's really, the, the research shows 30 minutes. Beautiful. It's, okay. It's, it's something that really hasn't changed over time, right? Five days a week, 30 minutes a time, you know. And again, like I said, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, Uh, Running through a park it could be just anything that increases your heart rate. Yes, right, so you know even if it's um, Remember the aerobics and stuff like something like that where you don't have to leave your your bedroom,
0: right? Right, yeah, you can watch something on YouTube. Mm -hmm. or just walking in place
1: There's so many things now on on the internet that are free and available, you know, okay for all ages, right? So so the other thing I I think is important too is um, you know, I think We've exercised before and had injuries you know. Yes. Puts you out for a while. <laughs> I fight off more than I can chew. You know, but I, there's even things that adapted to older, you know, people, the 50-plus crowd. Yes. You know, and so don't, I always, like, try not to have an excuse because you know, mm-hmm. there's things for older people and um, where they make adjustments. Um, another plug, Denise Austin. Remember her? Yeah. Oh, she has something um, that she's doing all these exercise videos for the older, older crowd now. I love her stuff. Yeah. You know, and she does free stuff all the time. You can sign up too, but she does these free little clips and that's um, excellent. Yeah. So before you hop in the shower, just <laughs> do a little video of Denise Austin video. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Any other things that you recommend regarding the amygdala to just kind yes. of calm? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these
1: are some, um, other, uh, exercises that have been shown to be powerful. I just have a few, but these are the ones that the research has um, supported as being effective. Okay, meditation. Mm. So I know that um, also it's, you know, it's hard for some people. So again, if if you're finding trouble, if you're having trouble doing it on your own, like maybe grab um, a little um, app or, um, I don't know, you were talking about one earlier. um, John Kabattson. Yes, yes, yeah. People like that, you know. Do a guided one, and that way it's not just you just struggling to sit there. Oh,
0: yeah. You know know? Most of and us get distracted.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's the natural. to be
0: patient, right? Mm-hmm. It takes time to really, like, get good. hmm yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's like anything. It's a skill. Yes. You know, and you've, you've got to practice it. Yes. Yeah, so okay. meditation has um, um, been shown to be efficacious for okay. um, uh, creating a healthier amygdala. Um, the other one is very, very simple, deep breathing, mm. okay? I can't say that enough. Um, and and do it several times a day. Yes. You know, um, and don't do it, don't wait till you're anxious to do it. Yes. That's my biggest one. I think people forget, you know? And again, like, if you have to schedule it in your um, uh, calendar, do that. Just whatever it takes. Yeah. Some people will tell me, oh, I put... Um, a sticky note where I brush my teeth in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then once, uh, after a couple of weeks have gone by and it's an established habit, I take the sticky note down and, you know, I don't want really right. do that anymore. But now I, I know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people don't, understandably, don't do anything, like say, breathing until they feel anxious. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a habit. Like, say, brushing your teeth, right? We're hoping to brush your teeth to avoid cavities. You don't start brushing your teeth once you have a cavity, mm-hmm. right? So... It's all that, you know, um, planning ahead, like you said. Yeah, with the phone, you can always do a reminder just yeah. say breathe. You yes. know, part of your um, getting ready for bed at night. Yes, exactly, because mm-hmm. then your body gets more used to it. Right. Okay. Right.
1: And, yeah, bedtime is a perfect time. Waking up. Midday, maybe your lunch, and then going to bed. Yeah, just do the deep breathing, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't take a long time. And I think you're the one who turned me on to um, John, uh, not John, uh, what's his name? The Dave, uh, Dr. Dr. Weil, Dr. Weil.
0: Andrew Weil, Andrew. Andrew, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Andrew Weil has um, I know I've talked about this on other podcasts, you guys too, but it's uh, the 478 breathing, yes, yes. If you look up uh, um, he has a video on YouTube. Um, four, seven, eight breathing. Dr. Andrew Weil, and it's like five, six minutes, but it will walk you through it, and that one's very helpful. And
1: it walks you through the why too, yes. like why that works and why he's using that technique. I find that helpful. Like sometimes, you know, um, when you talk, when I talk to people about deep breathing, they want something to follow, and so for people who want some technique to follow, that's great for that. Yes, you know, and some people can just, you know, I have a handout that I use. It just goes over basic deep breathing, and that's fine. But um, you know, again. Lots of things work. You have to find what you like best exactly. and what works for you. Yep. Right? And then stick with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Okay. Right. And then the other things are imagery. Okay. And, um, and then muscle relaxation. You can do like the, you know, um, from top to bottom uh, of muscle relaxation. Uh, yes. That's a standard too. Okay. Um, but honestly, any of those are just as effective as the others, except with exercise being the best and sleep being the best. The best, okay. For the and, amygdala.
0: Yeah. And for you guys that are using the Mind Over Mood book, if you go to chapter 14, which is on understanding anxiety, in the back it talks about breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, and imagery. Oh, Uh So it talks about all those... And again, yeah, I tell everyone, you know, not everything's going to work for you, but you want to find something. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Sleep is obviously for all of us, but find, yeah, what works for you and stick with it. Mm -hmm. And that'll make a big difference. Yeah. And let me ask you one last question before we go. Um, Does the research show how long it takes to kind of feel the positive effects, do you know?
1: You know, that I, that's a really good question. I actually don't know the specific answer to that okay. question, so I'm I'm not gonna make it up. Okay. Um <laughs> but it might depend on
0: I mean it's but something we it, can I, look up yeah. but it might
1: depend on the person, I suppose. I would I would think, yeah. I, that would be my guess, you okay. know, but I don't know like how long it would take to you know Actually, I will look that up Julie because I feel like some of that research about like the imaging and I want to see like how long did they uh, Have those people do whatever it was like the exercise or change their sleep or do some of the meditation stuff And how long how many after how many weeks did they see a result? Right. That, that's it. That would be good to know. That'd be good to actually, know, that's yeah. a really good thing to know because then you can tell your clients, right? Hey, right. look in the study it took x amount of time for people to really feel a big difference yeah mm-hmm. now i know
0: with the cbt research that it it was a 10-week research study that this is the one they replicate all the time mm-hmm. when they do the pet scan before and after okay that in 10 weeks they saw a change in people's brain chemistry mm-hmm. so i that i can say for sure
1: and you know and 10 where weeks that was, was nothing you know where that was done out of
0: the original i believe was ucla okay like decades ago, mm-hmm. and every time they replicate the study, they get the same outcome. Okay. Because we know, you know, CBT is the most research and most successful therapy yes. out there for people, mm-hmm. right? And it adds this, like, positive psychology we're talking about a little bit today, mm-hmm. where, you know, we didn't maybe use the words like acceptance and forgiveness and gratitude, but, you know, being mindful, the imagery, I think the breathing, the meditation, allows us to be more present, Mm -hmm. right, which can also help us. So, and all of these things, and I talk about the mind over mood I use all the time, Um, that's my go-to book, but that has all of these aspects in it now, so it's kind of incorporated more than it did in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It talks about exercise, so that's kind of what you're saying. So for sure I know with CBT, within 10 weeks... You're going to see an outcome, and that probably will overlap a little bit with this other research, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I, thought of, I thought of one more thing I yes. want to add. Okay. Um, and I think I got this from Rick Hanson's kind of talks, but you know, because the amygdala is so powerful, it's 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 a if anyone doesn't know like where it sits in the brain, it's kind of in the center of our brain. It's a little kind of uh, nugget that sits at the end of our hippocampus. Hippocampus is, you know, what stores our memory. And so um, powerful connections there. And so um, because it's our protective and alert system, it's delivering information to our, our, again, our our memory system. And what happens is that, like, we go about our day and maybe 9 out of 10 good things happen. And the 1 out of 10 bad thing, that's what we're sticking with, right? Again, that's our little amygdala uh, talking to the hippocampus and our and then our, our frontal lobe and you know uh, making sense out of that and so one of the goals is pay attention to the 9 out of 10 things mm. not that one out of 10 right so pay it, sometimes it's just a, a refocus there's the rewiring thing it's like okay let me take in that 9 out of 10 that happened yes. and you know uh, and not focus on the that one thing
0: excellent yeah, yeah. just another random one no no it's not it's really good Because I've talked, I've shared on the podcast before that sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed with the day or what I need to get done tomorrow, Mm -hmm. then I'll think about all the things I did get done, and -hmm. the list is always way bigger than what I didn't get done, right? Of course. So, and, or that could be, you know, what went well today, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, that one phone call was uncomfortable, right? Or I didn't feel good about how things went at the end of a session with somebody. So, yes, if you think about everything that went well that's an exercise in itself. That's
1: an exercise in itself. And your, your point about gratitude, um, you know, if you combine something like that with the deep breathing at the end of the day, think about, to me, like getting into my bed every night is luxury. I've mm-hmm. got a roof over my head. Yes. Food in my refrigerator. You know, I'm like in a, on a mattress. I'm not in Ukraine. I'm not somewhere, you know, where I'm fleeing for my life. Yes, I'm not walking up some road from another country to the. You know what I mean? It's just you're like safe. we have so much to be. we we live in an abundant. Yes. Uh, conditions. Yes. You know, and so it's that just that in itself is like oh, you
0: know, right? And that's what you're telling your brain then Right. That I'm safe. Yeah, I'm grateful. You Know, I have more than I need, every, or I have, yeah. every, I have everything I need, mm-hmm. and that can help and bring more this than down. we need, you know. Yes, yeah, yes. and
1: it's such a good feeling to go to bed and say, Ah, oh, isn't this great? Yes, yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, thank you, you're welcome.
0: Woo! We got educated today. <laughs> I want to add, too, and Dr. Smith's going to give you more information on how to contact her if you'd like to. Um, but being a neuropsychologist, you also do testing for people, right? Yes, mm-hmm. so what are like, what are some of the diagnoses that you test for
1: so i so my the common sort of assessments that i do are for head injury or for dementias okay. um so that's that's the the common um and attention attention deficit disorder assessments um, adults i don't do it for children anymore because it's a whole you know anyhow i just do it for adults okay
0: yeah excellent okay so can you share with the listeners if they would like to reach you, like, you know, uh, email, a phone number, whatever way is best to contact you.
1: Yeah, so um, if you want to do email, my email is vgsmithphd at gmail.com. And my cell phone and, and office number is 714-615-1519. Excellent.
0: So she's located in uh, Orange, County, Orange County, Fullerton right now. Um, okay only fullerton uh for in person yes for in person okay mm-hmm. and you're still doing telehealth
1: i'm still also doing telehealth yes okay excellent mm-hmm. excellent
0: okay so hey everyone thanks for being with us here today i hope that it was helpful if you have any burning questions as always we'd love to hear from you you can email me at my cbt podcast at gmail.com you can follow me on my instagram at mycbtpodcast on Facebook under Dr. Julie Osborne, and my website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. I'd love to get your emails and your feedback, and as always, I'll always check with you before I share them on air, but I know they're helpful to our listeners, and if you have any suggestions of information you'd like to hear, please let me know as well. So hit the subscribe button to make sure you won't miss another episode. Thanks for joining me. Stay safe, and remember to always make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel.